The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Brad Marcus with Toilet Side Wrestling Talk, welcoming you to Season 2, Episode 1, now falling under the Genres Podcasting Network. Nothing's going to change now we're part of this network, so let's get on with the show. Today's guest hails from Hempstead, New York, and actually played Division One college basketball for Hofstra University. He's trained by someone named Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, Pepper Parks, Aaron Draven, and has worked for such promotions as Pro Wrestling Rampage, Absolute Intense Wrestling, Paradigm, Rise, GCW, Beyond Emerge and could go on. He's held the Revenge Pro World Championship. He's also held the AIW Absolute Championship as well as the Tag Team Championships he held with Swaggle. He's also held the PWR Tag Team Championships with Colby Rett. Shared the ring with likes of Justin Kyle, AC Mack, Shug D, Lee Moriarty, O'Shea Edwards, Eddie Kingston, Danhausen, MJF, and I could go on. In 2020, PWI ranked him for the second time on their top 500 list, and he came in at number 377. So let's welcome today's guest, someone who at the very least is a better basketball player and wrestler than I am, Mr. Fresh to Death, the seven-foot savage, PB Smooth. Smooth, how are you? Good. How you doing? That was a that was a nice blast from the past, right there. <laughs> oh, nice. I, I can, it's what I had to work with. Um, how how tall are you? I'm actually six foot nine. So okay. what happened was I never wanted to do the seven foot savage moniker, but it was kind of yeah. what people were pushing me to do just starting out, and they figured it would help me get some traction. But after I had that first uh, WWE tryout, it came out that I was six nine. So oh, I okay. You know, and then at the end of the day, I'm still huge, so it doesn't really matter. Like, it's not something. Yeah, I need. yeah. Do, I don't do, you fi- do you find that people are intimidated by you? Yeah. <laughs> when did that start happening? What um, age? Really young. When I was born, I was two feet tall. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was always like the biggest kid in the room at all times. So I always was told to not play as rough and like certain things like that. And I had to grow up a little bit earlier because people always thought I was older than what I actually was, but you yeah, know, yeah. came into my own now. <laughs> Do you think, are there any of your non wrestling friends who you, is there anyone who could take you down? That's not a wrestler. Like in a, in an actual fight or yeah, well, no, just to like get you down to the ground. Is there any friend of yours that could do it? As of right now, not that I can think about okay. 
maybe a few years ago. <laughs> oh gosh, I'd imagine I'd imagine that would be an awesome power to have. Um, okay, so oh no, I have a question. I'm sorry if these seem a little disjointed, but they'll end up going in the right direction. You have many tattoos. Yeah, I'm actually one today. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, that's where I'm gonna head out after this. What was your most painful? Um, there's one on my lower stomach. It said uh -huh. only the strong survive, and that was probably the most painful ever. Was it hard to like? Did you, were you able to breathe? You know, like without like the the artist. Yeah, so it's kind of like um, it's one of those things where if you breathe normal, you kind of get used to the pain. Okay. And I actually learned that when I started taking cold showers, like when you breathe normal, your body like adjusts and gets used to it. And I wish I knew that. Oh. I but when I got that one, I was like 18 years old. So okay. I was miserable in that chair and I wanted to get out of there. Okay. So in, in today, is that going to be a long sitting? No. Oh, okay. No, I'll probably be there maybe an hour, something like that. I'm, I'm guessing that the, the people at this tattoo shop aren't going to watch this. So I'm going to ask you, do you tip? Yeah. For, for those? Yeah, um, actually, one of my good friends is my tattoo artist right now, so I, oh, I always tip, and he gives me, like, decent prices for, like, really good work, so. Oh, great. And so he, he exclusively uh, does your work? At this point, yeah. Okay, cool. I heard about two years ago. So you, before you were a professional wrestler, you grew up playing basketball, is that correct? Yep. Do you, do you remember the first time you dunked? I think I was like 12 years old, maybe. Oh, wow. Was everyone impressed? Uh, Somewhat, but you got to understand, like, in in the grand scheme of the world, I'm definitely somebody that is out of the norm. Okay. But when I'm playing basketball, that like, I would play against guys that were older than me, or some of them were my height and size and whatnot. Uh -huh. So I didn't really stick out as much right away. Okay. Until I was playing, like, my own age group. So anyway... um. It, it was kind of cool. Like I, I had barely like got over the rim. It was like a one, a one legged kind of thing. So, uh -huh. but it, it started getting better as I got older and more athletic, obviously. Anyone who, I mean, can play D1 basketball is probably awesome in high school. Was, were you like the, the, um, the main guy on your high school team? Yeah, I was one of the main guys. We actually had a freshman class that came in and we all were projected to be division one athletes. Wow. But unfortunately, some of them had ended up getting in trouble in school and they got kicked out or whatever. So I ended up being like the only one that ended up finishing and going D1. Did you get treated? Because I didn't have any this experience at all. Did I don't even know if they let me uh, clean up like the court afterwards with like a broom. But were you treated like royalty in your high school? Uh... I wouldn't know, but the reason was is because I was raised differently. So my parents okay. are are Southern. Like I grew up in New York. My parents are from Alabama and they're very big on being blue collar and respectful and like doing your work and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I can even remember a time in middle school where my grade point average was like a 75 okay. and it was still like eligible to play. But my mom made me sit out games because she wasn't happy with that. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was just raised completely differently. So I always did my work, made sure my grade point average was good. I stayed in good standing with my teachers and all that kind of stuff. Was that in fear of your mom? Uh, I, I feared my dad more. Okay. 
But at that point, it was kind of like a common thing. Like I knew I had to keep my grades up to play. Okay. So, so it actually ended up helping me because I don't know how it is now since I'm obviously 29 and not in the basketball world anymore. Yeah. But you had to have a certain GPA to match an SAT score to be able to be eligible for scholarships. So because oh, wow. my GPA was high enough, I only took the SAT once. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I was kind of happy she did that. <laughs> so at what point in your senior year, or maybe it was even junior, did you know, did you, did you like sign a letter of intent? I signed it the fall of my senior year. Okay. Yeah. And was that a relief? Uh, somewhat. I mean, I still had like that, that other season to play. Yeah. Uh -huh. And even if you sign a letter of intent, if something happens drastic, you can lose the scholarship essentially. So they can um, withdraw the, the offer. Yeah. Like if your grades dropped or like you got in like trouble with the law, maybe or something like that. Oh, okay. So it's no different than any other year. You had to keep up that. Yeah. You had to like still be solid and do what you had to do. Oh, I forgot to ask this a couple seconds ago. Can I ask how your parents um, went from Alabama to New York? Not yeah. like by car, I mean. <laughs> like. Yeah, two two different experiences. Um, I think my mom moved up here because she had her side of the family is really big. She had like 10, 12 brothers and sisters and whatnot. And a lot of them moved oh. up to New York. So she ended up moving up uh, to live with one of them and, and figure out life. My dad is a, a more of a sad kind of story. Okay. So he was raised by his grandmother in Alabama and he was actually um, dating a white woman that his father was a police officer that obviously in, in this case was kind of like racist and didn't like him and whatnot and threatened him. So he ended up moving to New York because of that. And then he met my mom like years later. Like they didn't oh, wow. meet in New York. Oh, that's cool though that they had similar background as far as where they grew up and they are that part of the country. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll get back to your parents in a minute. So, so was there a, 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 is there, is it a big jump from high school to D1? Absolutely. Because the, the best way to explain it is when you look at a division one roster, all 12 of those guys were the best in their area and people forget that. So like you still have to work and like put yourself in a position to, excel at that level because everyone you're playing with at that point is a star as opposed to you just being the best in your area you know what i mean yeah so, i always tell my son when he asks me he's like who's the worst player in the nba and i'm like it's not it's not really a fair question because no, they, they're one of the best players in the world yeah so i was lucky enough that i played aau and traveled a lot so a lot of the guys that went d1 that i would run into i played against already so I, kind oh, okay. of, so I can almost kind of know what I'm walking into as opposed to like everything else. Does that give you confidence? In a sense, yeah. But I mean, and the other thing is like when you when you go Division One, it becomes a job. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that. And like that's why there's talks of players wanting to get paid and things like that. So just, just my summer schedule, I had – um, conditioning runs at 6.30 a.m. I had class from 8 to 10. Then I had to go to the weight room. I had to go get lunch. Then we had um, individual workouts, uh, maybe another class, and then open gym. And this was just like in the summer. This wasn't even like during like regular school. And we had to be there for two summer sessions at least, which is about like 
June, July, and then the, the beginning of August or something like that. Oh my God. So, so do they like, um, the, you You don't even have like room to like, if you wanted to get a job or something, right? Like you just, you no. don't have that time. No, I don't think you can even have a job when you're a division one. Like I think you had to like, um, just be there for like the sport or whatever. For the, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Do, do you remember the toughest guy you've ever guarded? It's so long ago. That's a tough one. Um, I'd really have to think about that one. I couldn't. All right, let's narrow it down. It wasn't me, and then you can get back to me on who it was. Just someone. Uh, just some facts. Um, so, were you going to continue on uh, after when you after you graduated? Yeah. So the main goal was for me to play basketball overseas, but um, I ended up coming back to school to finish my master's. And it was really because of the girl I was dating at the time. Mm-hmm. And then things didn't work out. And I went through this weird, like, depression phase. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew that I loved professional wrestling. I just didn't know about the independence. So sure. when I was in grad school, one of the girls I was friends with was friends with a girl that was dating a local wrestler. So they started bringing me to independent shows and whatnot. And I inquired about refing at some point, but they told mm-hmm. me I was too big and then they had me try out. And one thing just led to another with that. So you went back and you got your master's. Yes. Were your parents okay with you choosing to like uh, pursue pro wrestling? Um, at first they were really weird about it, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't like voice it too much to me because uh-huh. I know how to be supportive and they know I'm very stubborn, so let's say I'm gonna do something, whether they agree or not, I'm gonna go for it. Okay, okay. But, um, they kind of they they see how much effort I put into it because it was all on my own dime. Mm-hmm. So like they're seeing like the rewards now. Like I just got flown to Vegas to do a show like two weeks ago. Oh wow! So, so now like they're really on board with it, kind of. And except, yeah, have they seen you wrestle in person? Uh, my mom has, my dad hasn't, but my dad also is very. He's an aggressive dude. So let me put it this way. He would get my team technical fouls from being in the stands when I played basketball because he's that like loud and. Oh, wow. So imagine him thinking somebody is like beating up his son. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'd be in the ring. So he he loves wrestling, but like he don't want to. I don't think he can watch like certain stuff live with me. Have you guys ever talked about it? Yeah, but he he gets into it. yeah, yeah. Let them enjoy it, you know? So who exposed you to wrestling for the first time? My grandma. So he would have my grandma babysit me and my cousin, and it would just be on randomly in the house. And she loved, like, The Rock and Kane. For some reason, mm-hmm. those were her favorite wrestlers. Uh-huh. So, like, we'd watch it with her. We'd have all, like, the video games for, like, the Nintendo 64 and my dad worked four jobs when I was younger. So whenever he came home at night, Monday Night Raw was what was on TV. So naturally, we would just watch that together and it kind of grew from that. Is that, um, like looking back, is that great memories like that? Like you got to watch wrestling with your grandmother, you know, like you have that in your mind and those memories. Yeah, I think about that stuff all the time. And like, it's part of motivation for me, like, because I want them to be able to watch me on that TV. Uh-huh. Watch me now on IWTV, so it's pretty awesome to see how it all go, comes full circle. Did would would people that you went to high school with be surprised that you're a pro wrestler? 
Um, ones that really know me know. Okay. And then the ones that kind of knew me, like, yeah, and they'd be like yeah. kind of supportive. The thing is, just my personality fits what professional wrestling is. Okay. You know, between me being like an athlete and being charismatic and outgoing at times and whatnot. And I've always been into stuff like this. So, like, mm -hmm. I'm just no surprise to them that I'm actually doing it. Did, um, the, the, for your first day of training, did you think that you were ready? Uh, <laughs> this is bad to say, but I was definitely more ready than everyone else there. Okay. No, it's, yeah. It's well, I mean, here's the thing just, just being like a collegiate athlete and playing sports all my life, I know there's going to be an athletic component to professional wrestling. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to mm -hmm. go to a tryout and not be in shape and not be prepared to do drills and whatnot. And the problem was a lot of people go, oh, they're just acting. They're just doing this or that. So they show up thinking that it's all good. Mm -hmm. And then they're growing up in a trash can. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. So I mean, like the technical aspect, it took a while to get. But like, I was never in a situation where I wasn't ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Were you excited the night before your first day of training? Yeah, I didn't really sleep that night. That's it. Was my next question was going to be. I don't know how anyone could like, I mean, because that's yeah. like a big life step. Um, yeah. Did so? Did you start training with like a group of people? It was a it was a training school in Erie, PA, where I live right now. And okay. Motion was Pro Wrestling Rampage. So mm -hmm. what would happen is we'd get there at eight a.m. We'd set up the ring. We train, we go get food, come back, and then do the show that night. So we'd okay. work security or whatever the case may be. And the problem was we only trained when we had the ring up, which was once a month for shows. Okay. So oh, God. yeah, it sucked. So going from practicing basketball like every day to only being able to train once a month, it was kind of stressful because I didn't know like what I needed to do to progress. Yeah. But luckily enough, I um found out about AIW school in Cleveland and mm -hmm. I got to train with Johnny Gargano for two years, pretty much every Tuesday and Thursday. So that's when so, I started progressing more. See, because it, it, um, at your first stop, that would be, you'd, you'd be in the ring training 12 times a year yeah. as opposed to twice a week. Like if it, you know, played yeah. out like that. Um, is it, so did you move to Ohio at that point? No, I just drove back and forth. How long was that drive? Um, 90 minutes each way, Some, sometimes longer depending on the weather. Yeah, yeah. Would you, would, is this, would you drive solo? Um, at first, I had one of my friends helping me because I, I used to get like really bad anxiety driving like long distances. Yeah, yeah. When she moved, I had to figure it out. So uh -huh. I started driving myself. And I, I got caught out there in a snowstorm a few times. Like, Yeah, that could be scary, especially like in, in, in between exits, you know, like. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I saw. I was driving in a windstorm a, a, like a month or two ago, and I saw a semi just get blown over like it was a piece of paper. It was crazy. But yeah, but I was just so focused on wanting to be really good and you know wanting uh -huh. to do a, a, a life a lifestyle full time thing. So just gotta do what I had to do. Did you have to ch like change your like eating habits or you know your workout habits at all? Uh, yeah. So pretty much the, I believe in sports specific training. So when I played basketball, I would do things that would tailor to me being a basketball player. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. with wrestling, I needed to bulk up as opposed to being thin, thinner to like 
run the run down the court and whatnot. Mm -hmm. More muscle mass, not only for aesthetic purposes, but to be able to move people around the way I need to and do sure. that as a big man. So um, it took a while to figure out how to adjust my diet and things like that. Start lifting heavier, start doing exercises and lifts that pertain specifically to how I move in a wrestling ring. Mm -hmm. so just figuring that out was like a big piece for me. And then I took some of the weight training we did from uh, my WWE tryout and I incorporate that as well. Um, do you think uh, so you're you're uh, um, a, a, in a good shape uh, for a young man? Do you think that I'm 45 years old, okay, and like very thin? Um, don't work out. Would there be any way that I could get to where you are before my life runs out? I think do you know you what I mean? Like bulk up like that? I think you could get to the best version of who you are. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm not one of those people that think that, like at a certain age, like you just like, it's over. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Cause you have guys like Eddie Kingston that are just getting signed at 38. Yeah, yeah. You have the blade that, that looks like he's 25. You know what I'm saying? So it's sure, more, sure. It's more about how you decide to like take care of your body, and especially in this day and age, there's so much new science out there and different things that you can do to like build your muscle mass you know what i'm saying it's just a matter of how dedicated you are to doing that do, you know i've never asked anyone this and i'm surprised i haven't how do you like develop your move set like like do you have to be careful like oh someone's who uses this i can't do that um i used to think like that in the beginning mm -hmm. but i also and a wrestler told me this one time when you go out there you're automatically different in a in the perspective that it's you doing what you're doing as opposed to mm -hmm. somebody else. So for me, I would look at some of what my favorite wrestlers did and try to find ways to make it my own and come up with creative things in that aspect. Because you can only reinvent the wheel so many times. Yeah. But when you do it, it's different. It's the same as if you watch a basketball player, you know, like there's so many different moves you could do in basketball. But Michael Jordan doing something is different from Russell Westbrook doing it. Yeah. Right? So just kind of taking that approach with it and seeing what comes natural and comfortable for me to do on a regular basis. So at the time of your first match, uh, did you feel you were ready or did, did someone tell you that you were ready? Um, I, w I was ready as in I wanted to get out there and start going because for my first year, I played like that Kevin Nash, like bodyguard role mm -hmm. where I was ringside doing like little things here and there, but seeing like other guys in the class having actual matches and stuff, it made me want to get out there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like, it was better for my development that I didn't, but was, in terms of actually getting out there ready to go, like I needed that experience. And then who, who tells you, all right, you're on, you're on tonight's show. Um, it was the promoter, Jamie Scott, and, and my trainer, Aaron Draven. Mm -hmm. so pretty much, like like I said, they wanted me to be in that role just so I get used to being around the crowd and stuff like that. And as a bigger guy, it's a little bit different. So if I make certain mistakes early on, it can kill the believability of what I am, as opposed sure. to a smaller guy that can bump around and do whatever. You know what I mean? Then like he could just come back the next week and nobody's going to think about that. Is, is it difficult, like, being in the ring and having all of these things in mind? 
outside of the physical part, you know, is is it hard to like focus on like the audience and focus on telling the story and doing the moves or do you just get really used to it? 1000% that's the hardest part. Like, yeah. like this is harder than any like sport, like any basketball that I play, any of that. Just because it comes at you from so many different angles. Mm -hmm. like, like I'm just now reaching that point where I'm five years in and I'm comfortable with knowing who I am and what I'm doing and the package I'm presenting to the audience. Sure. And so, so you've won some some championships. Um, is that important to you? You know how sometimes like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio say, you know, the, the Academy Award's not important to me. I don't need awards. Is that like, is, is it though cool to get a championship? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely good to be, uh, to have that recognition for like the, the efforts that you put in and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like I'm somebody that can captivate a crowd with or without a title. Like, mm -hmm. I, like I feel like I want to be the guy that makes the title more prestigious when I win it, as opposed sure. to I need a title for people to know who I am, if that makes sense. And is it like, are you competing with like your, you know, your other, other the other wrestlers or your friends? Is that hard, like competing for you know, a title or for a spot like on a, a show and like the main event is, is that hard? It is. If you take that perspective on it, for sure. Okay. I feel at this point in my career, like, like I said, I, I'm comfortable with the package I present and I feel that me being myself is already different from what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. so it's just a matter of capitalizing on the opportunities that I do get. You know, sure. like I think there's, and we're especially like right now, we're in a time where wrestling is more inclusive. And what I mean by that is that, like, I feel like there was a time where there was only like one angry black guy on the card mm -hmm. doing that specific role. But now there are shows where we all can be ourselves and show different presentations of who we are. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, I feel like I'm a draw. Honestly, like I can just go to a grocery store right now and somebody's going to stare at me and want to know what I do. So if somebody's not taking advantage of that, that's on them. I just need to be sure. ready with people that want to take advantage of that. You know what I mean? And so what would you say like is the the thing that's brought the, the, the most to your life as, you know, being a professional wrestler? Um, The learning experiences and the people that I've met. Sure. I feel like if I wasn't a professional wrestler, there's a lot of different people and different walks of life that I would have never came across. Mm -hmm. They're not people I would normally just be around just in general. You know, yeah, yeah. In everyday life. I've been able to travel to different states and out the country. And like because of that, I have a more empathetic view on the world. Mm -hmm. and I understand different people's perspectives. And I think it makes me a better human. Um, are, are you able to like watch wrestling now as a fan? Like, I mean, can you like separate? Um, for the most part, I feel like I had to start watching like a fan to enjoy it again. Mm -hmm. because there was a period where I was just trying to study everything and I was too focused on being a perfectionist that I wasn't enjoying what I was doing, mm -hmm. which was the point in me doing this in the beginning was because, sure. I, you know, so I think we all have a little bit of fan in ourselves. And when we're able to connect with that on a genuine level, it'll help us be a better wrestler. Sure. 
Oh, I forgot to ask you this. Did you ever do anything weird with your, your, your you know, your belts? As in, not like create weird, but like, you know, sleep with it on the pillow next to you, take it to dinner, wear it around the house, wear it watching TV. Um, I was just focused more on the creating content aspect. So okay. um, I could probably find it for you, but there was a video I did where um, I sell like chapstick because chapstick is essentially like my, well, lip balm because chapstick mm -hmm. is copyrighted. <laughs> Lip balm is essentially like my Razor Ramones toothpick in a sense. Okay. So I did like a commercial pretty much where I had the belt with me and I was marketing my lip balm or whatever. And oh, actually, cool. It did pretty well back in the day. So <laughs> that's on my old Twitter that event that got suspended over like some music thing. But yeah, yeah, that's what you should well. Do you play video games? I do. Okay. Have you, do you have any of the 2K, WWE 2K? Nah, my I used to, but the thing is, when I play video games, it's kind of like an escape for me. Yeah. Like, like I don't even buy like the NBA 2K games. Oh, like, really? That's all we play here. Yeah, no, like I'm a genuine like video game fan. So I, okay. I have Resident Evils, I have the Grand Theft Autos, the Mass Effects. Uh, cool question for you. Granted, I haven't played uh, Grand Theft Auto since the first Xbox came out, but my seven-year-old is the driving my wife and I crazy that he wants to get it on uh, Xbox One. Is it not, is it inappropriate for a seven-year-old still? Because I remember you could beat up like hookers and stuff in the- It's 1000% inappropriate for seven-year-old. Okay, okay, so I should stick to my guns. Because I, I kind of waver, but you know, my I wife is- I what I was playing with seven. He got to at least, he, but ideally he'd be like 18, but I think with good parenting, he could be like, 13 to 15 and realize, hey, I'm not supposed to actually go do this in real life. Okay, good. Yeah, because he, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's Seven, crazy. That's a stretch. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. So you've never had two K WW2K and made yourself? I No, I did when I was, like, younger, but that was before I started wrestling. When I started yeah, wrestling, yeah. I didn't care as much for some reason. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, all right, this is my last wrestling-related question, um, and you don't have to answer this, but is it hard to have, like, a relationship outside the ring and wrestle at the same, you know, wrestle every weekend and like, like a boyfriend, girlfriend type boyfriend, thing? girlfriend, or even like maintaining your friendships with like people yeah. who aren't wrestling wrestlers. Yeah. It's very challenging because you're sacrificing a lot. Like I've mm -hmm. missed weddings, birthdays, like different kinds of things just because I'm chasing this, this lifestyle of being a professional wrestler and, and booking opportunities and whatnot. So it definitely puts you in a situation where you'll know who genuinely cares and wants to stay in contact with you and people that kind of fall by the wayside, I guess. Sure. So if it's somebody you really care about, it's definitely going to take effort and knowing when to prioritize what. Mm -hmm. But you're definitely going to lose some friends in that aspect. Oh, gosh. All right. I have five non-wrestling related questions. They're just yes or no's. You don't have to go anything beyond that if you don't want. Um, I tried not to make them too weird. I ran over by my wife, but I don't think she was listening to me. So, All right, you're okay. Have you ever cried um, in any Vin Diesel movie? No. Okay. Have you could could you recite any lyrics to any Celine Dion song? No. Okay. For eight hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Um, would you just wear diapers for the rest of your life? 
like around the house or just everywhere? It's it, it everywhere. When you get up in the morning, you throw a diaper on. Like like I could only wrestle in that. No, you have it on just like you would be wearing like boxer shorts or something. Oh, so like under my clothes. Oh yeah yeah. Oh no, not yeah. just walking around like a baby. No, under oh. your clothes. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Eight hundred twenty-five grand. It's pretty good for that. Yeah. All right. Have you ever been sent in like a pod um, from another planet to Earth where our sun gave you incredible powers and you were raised by Earthlings on a farm? Has that ever happened to you? Not that I know of. Okay. Um, I'm just checking to, uh, for supernaturals. Um, is there any food that you despise and would you be willing to make a declaration of hate about it right now? Peeps. Oh, okay, good. And that was a quick answer, too. And candy corn, I hate them. Oh, I hate candy corn. That was a really good answer. All right, well, you did five for five, um, so <laughs> good job. Uh, when are you wrestling next? Um, June 18th, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio for Absolute Intense Wrestling. And June 19th, I'm in Pittsburgh for Rise Wrestling. Are you planning on wrestling a bunch uh, throughout the summer and fall? Yeah, I have some stuff planned. I'm going back to Vegas in August. Oh, nice. I'm, um, where do you stay when you go to Vegas? Um, wherever the booker books a hotel for me. Okay, okay. Is it ever, was it, is it a decent hotel, not like a... Oh, it was a nice hotel. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah they, they, Vegas, me. Really. they got me a nice flight. I didn't have to fly Spirit. It was great. Oh, that's great. Yes, yeah, Spirit. Oh, God, don't even get me started. Um, <laughs> so, like you were, you were saying, a lot of your stuff's on IWTV. Do, do you ever watch IWTV as like a fan? Yeah. Like other promotions. Do you ever feel that this is what happens to me? I feel sometimes overwhelmed that there's so much stuff on there. You know, it's hard to like watch everything. Yeah. Yeah, but, it could be. But when I'm on there, I typically have a bullseye on what I'm looking for to watch. So that kind okay. of. But it's good to have that catalog. Like I feel IWTV helps a lot of wrestlers break out. And if you really want to find new talent, Sometimes you could just surf that how you do Netflix. Yeah, you sure. Guy you like, you type his name in, and you can see his catalog of work. And I feel like that's really big for people that are like true wrestling fans and want to see the business grow. Um. Oh, last question. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did um? How do you feel about death matches? I believe it's an art form, and I feel like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, so I can appreciate it for that. Mm -hmm. It's just not for me, so I would okay. never do one. <laughs> okay, so you've never, you would never do like a thumbtack match. I wouldn't be a pretty boy if I was allowed. Yeah, <laughs> and stuff like that. All right. Well, thank you so much for giving me some time on this Thursday after. It's th yes, it's Thursday afternoon. Um, I really appreciate it. And um, anytime you have something to say, you're always welcome to come on the show. Appreciate you, man. Thank All right, you. PV Smooth. You take care. All right, you too. All right, bye.